Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, hopefully, you brought your Bibles and you got your phones ready because I'm going to be going over some scriptures that are not on the uh, that will not come up on PowerPoint. Uh, I think that uh, as how many love the Word of God in here? Yeah, yeah. So you obviously brought your Bibles, huh? That's a good answer. <laughs> but don't lie. If you need a Bible, there's ones back there. We can get one for you. It's important, and I really want us to uh, know our Bible. It's, it's vital for you and for me to know what the Bible declares, to know what Scripture says. Do you know the devil can quote you Scripture? And I, I tell you, he knows it better than we do. He knows it better than we do. Let's, let's say, if, you know, this is far-fetched, but let's just say this. Let's say that Jesus in the wilderness, when he was being tempted, and he was able to break the power of those temptations by what? The Word of God. Let's suppose he didn't know what he, what he does know. I mean, he's the living Word, but let's just play this out for me, just to humor me. And suppose the devil comes up, and now if you're the son of God, you know, command these loaves of bread to turn into, or these stones to turn into bread. Well, is it true that he's the son of God? Yes. But suppose he didn't know any Bible. He would have said, oh yeah, well, I am the son of God, so I'll turn him into, no. How did he answer? Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So this is just for you and I to understand that if, if we only have a partial knowledge of the word, it could get us in trouble. And so we need to be students of the word of God. We need to be able to have scripture in our heart enough so that when we're confronted with a situation or we're confronted with an ache or a pain, we know how to answer that ache or pain or that circumstance with the word of God. Amen? Uh, if you've come to this church for very long, you know that Pastor Mamie and Pastor Ben and I, we will tell you it's the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. And faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. So if we're going to be overcomers in this life, then you and I need to be filled up with the Word of God. Amen? I want, and this is not on, uh, it will not come up on PowerPoint, but I want us all to turn to 1 John. 1 John. 1 John, I want us to take a look at chapter 3. 1 John comes right before 2 John. And, <laughs> and third John, yes, there is a John chapter or three, but what does first John come after? There he is, second Peter. Thank you, Christopher. Aren't you all glad that Chris answered that for you? <laughs> you know, it's pretty amazing. Uh, we all start off somewhere, don't we? And so do not be ashamed of where you are at. If you need to go to the front of the Bible, the table of contents, go to the table of contents. 
It's really important that we find these things out. What does the Bible say? What does Jesus say? If what I'm hearing, it, does it line up with the Word of God? Do I accept that for truth? Because who's in charge of what you believe? You are. You are. And this is really important that we understand these things. It's, it's important that you spend the time getting into the Word of God. And when you get into the Word of God, you have to make it in a place where you have the opportunity to meditate on this. Not a bunch of distractions. No, but sometimes you can't help it. I understand that. However, you can still carve out time to have alone time with God. Hello. That's good preaching, Pastor Steve. Just like, man, I like to see amens on that one. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> but the key is, is that you and I are responsible for our faith walk. These things are not going to just fall on us. Oh, I'm a Christian. I came to church. I'm okay, it should all happen. No, it does not happen that way. How many know that the Bible declares that we are in a war? We are in a spiritual battle, and as soon as you open your eyes in the morning, it starts. And as soon as you close your eyes at night, it continues. <laughs> That's why in your dreams, how many have dreams like something's chasing you and you just seem can't run fast enough to get away? And you know, this like I'm not the only one. You know, the, the key is on this is that you need to speak to those things by using the name of Jesus. Your dreams are spiritual. You have the ability. I just, you know, my son tells me about some of the dreams he has. They're so cool. You know, I mean, like he flies in them and stuff like that. It's like, man. I want that. <laughs> but you need to speak to those things that are disturbing you in the name of Jesus and speak to them what he would speak to them as. And you would speak to them the way Jesus speaks to them by finding out what he's already said. Let's take a look at this. 1 John chapter 3, 1 through 3. This, this is enough right here just to make you dance like Trixie in the, in, in the front here. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called the children of God. This is great. Circle this in your Bible. And such we are. For this reason, the world doesn't know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. We spoke about this earlier, about the blessed hope of a Christian's life is the return of Jesus Christ. And so if we have our hope fixed on him as he returns to this planet, what's going to happen? 
we're going to live a purified life. We will live a purified life. And so this is important for us to understand that it's, it's, you're daily being tested. We are daily being tested. Our faith is under attack. And we do not fight against flesh and blood. We fight against spiritual darkness. Okay? So we are not fighting against somebody who is in opposition to your political views or whatever. You're fighting against a spiritual reality that is influencing the things on this earth. This is Christianity 101. And when we understand these things, we will be able to fight the good fight of faith in a much better way. Amen, Pastor Steve. That was really smart. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> now listen, we've been focusing on a particular subject in Scripture that is well worth the attention that we're giving it. Because it affects all of us. It affects, and for that matter, it affects everybody who has ever lived on this planet or who is living on this planet now. We've been looking at certain elements of Jesus' return and the close of the age. And Jesus' disciples came to him and they asked him, some very important questions. They asked him, they said, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? I think this is a really important question. Have you ever thought about that yourself? Have you ever taken the time to think about, all right, I'm in history at this moment, at this time. We do know that God has a purpose for our lives. And we don't want to miss the boat on that. We want to know what is coming, what to expect, what to look for. Because our question is, well, when is everything going to be put right? When is true peace coming to this earth, you know? When is righteousness going to prevail? When is evil going to be destroyed? When is it going to be that men will really love each other? These are important questions, and I think these are the questions that people have when they have an eternal mindset. Our perspective isn't just for 70, 80, 90, 100 years on this planet. Our perspective is for 10,000, 12,000, 30,000, infinity because it's important. These things have to be at the forefront of our thinking. Have an eternal mindset. Have an eternal mindset. Have an eternal mindset. And you, you know that the Bible declares that we plant seeds all throughout our life. We plant seeds all throughout our life. But what we've got to understand, what have we been planting? I got a phone call from a, a guy that I grew up with in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I think the last time I saw him was five, six years ago. He called me yesterday. And you know what and why he called? Because there was a, 
a little seed of eternity had planted in his heart. And he goes, I know I can trust you. And this is what you're doing all through your life. You're planting little seeds of eternal life. Seeds of the written word of God in people's hearts. Maybe they'll come back and speak to you. Maybe they won't. But yet, just like Jason was talking about, we could do this with our money. And there are going to be people come up to you and they're going to just, oh, and you get, well, who are you? <laughs> it was like, well, you gave to that missions work and because of the work that was there, I was saved and I just wanted to thank you. What seems like a sacrifice now will not be a sacrifice then. It's important. You know, we, we said that uh, where we spend eternity is determined what we do with the cross of Jesus and his saving grace. But how we will live in eternity in his kingdom is determined by what and how we live in the here and now. And we've said it before, and I think it would give us, I think we should put more weight to these things. Do you know what I mean by that? I think we should really put them at the forefront of our thinking. I think we should just say, you know what, this is a priority in my life. It has to be a priority in my life. Because this whole series, we're finding out the signs of the times are happening all around us. And it would be good for us to be prepared when Jesus meets us. Because we've said it before, it's our most important appointment that we will ever have is still yet in the future. (laughs) One day, the King of Kings will come to this earth the man Christ Jesus, and when he returns, you and I will stand right in front of him, face to face. And because he's such a great God and such a generous God and so loving that he's going to reward us for all the little things we did in faith and love for his kingdom. You know, many of the parables that Jesus spoke, he told his disciples, he says that they, you know, they give us glimpses of of the kingdom to come, the future, how it will operate, how things will happen in there. Do you know it's, it's a kingdom? It's a kingdom. It's not a democracy. You and I won't get a vote. At all. Not at all. It's a kingdom. And he's the king. (laughs) And in these parables, he talks about how he will reward us with positions of authority, uh, rulership, uh, rewards, eternal rewards. But he also, in those same parables, talks about a loss of rewards. This is tragic. When we, 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 we say we're Christians and we have a Bible and our Bibles are so readily available, you got a phone, you can look at 30 some odd different English translations. 
the, the most proven book in human history. And, and yet, too many people in the church don't know what Jesus has said. That gives a leg up or an advantage to the devil over your, over your life. You know, if you found out somebody's stealing from you, what would you do? Well, you stop them from stealing. That's pretty simple. And so, therefore, we have to understand that by us knowing what Scripture says, what Jesus has already said, what is going to happen in the future, that we can stand strong in our faith, and that we can push the devil off of our territory. So what was the number one thing that uh, Jesus, I mean, if you've been with us, you've, you've seen the scriptures that we've been looking through. Uh, what was the number one thing that Jesus said to look out for toward the end of the age? What was the number one thing he warned us about before his return? Yes, deception. It's about deception. And this, is, this, this should be on PowerPoint. Matthew 24, verse 4. Jesus said to them, he's speaking to his disciples, and so if he's, he's speaking to his disciples, he's speaking to you and I. Right? He says, take heed that no one deceive you. For many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ. God's anointed and will deceive many. I, I want to get to some things here today about how we can avoid deception. And I guess me holding this book is kind of like a clue. <laughs> Here's the answer to the questions. <laughs> Look at this next scripture. Luke 21 verse 8. Jesus said, watch out that you're not deceived, for many will come in my name claiming I'm he, and the time is near. Don't follow them. Jesus says in the generation that he's going to return, there's going to be an acceleration of deception throughout this earth. False Christs, false teachings. Uh, and it's funny because Jesus talks about deception more than he talks about tribulation. And persecution. And so this, is, this should be number one on our list. Nobody likes persecution. Nobody's out looking for trouble. <laughs> but that first scripture that we read, it talks about the world doesn't know us because it doesn't know him. It's funny how people can just follow right along with a lie. But when the truth is standing before them, they resist it. But it's not like us, amen? We want the truth, don't we? It, it, Jesus says that deception is going to be the greatest vulnerability that we'll have. And, and look at this next scripture here. False Christ and false prophets will appear. And they will provide great signs. Listen to this great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even the elect. 
God's chosen ones? And here's his answer. See, I've warned you beforehand. Jesus isn't like your mom nagging you to go clean your room. He said, here's truth. Walk in this way. Amen? We're... I think we're uh, uh, mature enough to, when Jesus is telling us something, that we get the clue that we should do it. How many have tried the other way? <laughs> How many know the results of that? <laughs> uh-huh. There's another scripture I want us to take a look at. And this is going to be found in 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. It's not on... The PowerPoint, but I want you to turn to Second Thessalonians, which comes after our greatest enemy is deception. And if deception gets inside of you, what happens? You're deceived, you don't even know you're deceived. And from that you talked about it earlier, the foundation is wrong. And it will crumble. That means if the foundation's wrong, <clears throat> that means the way you judge everybody and everything will be wrong. That's dangerous, isn't it? Doesn't that kind of scare you a bit? Wouldn't that drive you to find what the truth is? I don't want to waste my life. I've, I've wasted enough of it already. Like I said earlier, we need to put a bit more weight to these things. We have to really start to have that eternal perspective. This life group that we're having is so vitally important. Because it is a fence that is the bait of Satan. You have an opportunity here in church to be offended. <laughs> yeah, this isn't heaven, folks. <laughs> But it's getting closer because it's getting to become winter. And so, you know, it's like, yeah. Uh, don't you know, Scripture says that God's throne is in the sides of the north. Yes. <laughs> you know, if we take the wrong perspective, we're going to start listening to the world. The whole world is, we read this before a couple weeks ago, is under the power of the evil one. The whole world is under the power of the evil one. This is why we need to be born again. Born of God's Spirit. In John chapter 1, it does declare that, it, that, that the truth will bear witness with your spirit. 
Even those who are against Christ know that it's true because it was born witness to them. Now, you can sear your conscience to a place where you start to be believing a lie because the devil has. He, he, he's believed a lie so much he thinks he can overthrow God. But we're going to read a great scripture here. Where'd I tell you to go? I just wanted to see if you were paying attention. Second Thessalonians, and I want to start off in verse or chapter two. Second Thessalonians, chapter two. And I'm going to start in verse three. And I'm going to read till 12. But I want you to fix your eyes on this scripture here. And here it is again. What did Jesus say our number one problem is going to be? Our number one enemy is going to be <clears throat> deception. And here we go. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come. And he's talking about the day of the Lord. When is Jesus coming back? When is this all going to occur? This church, this early church, thought because they were under severe persecution that they might have missed the day of the Lord. And so Paul is writing this letter. The Spirit of God inspired him to a point where he could settle their hearts and know that you and I are going to suffer persecution in this earth. All who live godly will suffer persecution. Amen? You are not going to get out of it. <clears throat> and if you are getting out of it, then you're compromising. Ooh, Pastor Steve. <laughs> There's a zinger. Well... That's one of, we'll get to it, hopefully. We'll get to it. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. That's the falling away of people who claim to be Christians. The apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. And he's reminding, do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And listen, and you know what restrains him now, so that in his time he will be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. We'll get to that. Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will what? Slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is, the one whose coming is in accordance with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders. Did Jesus tell us to watch out for these false signs, wonders, and powers? Unfortunately, what happens is people run to these kind of meetings and all they're doing is looking for an easy fix. We believe on the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in laying on the hands and people will recover. We believe in it. Absolutely. But this is where we have to not be deceived. If we're going to run after signs and wonders rather than the simple written word of God, 
it'll get us in trouble. And it's gotten many, many people in trouble. Verse 10. And with all the deception and wickedness for, who, for those who perish. It's because they're chasing after false signs, wonders. And look at, here's, here's how you... So that they will believe what is false. All may be judged. Look at this again. Who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. This is why you need to be in the word of God. A half-truth is still a lie. The example of Jesus in the wilderness, if he didn't know all the Scripture, he would have failed in the tests. This is why you and I have a responsibility to ourselves and to our families to be in the Word of God. To be in the Word of God. To know the Word of God. I'm not saying you need to know everything in here. I don't know everything in here. I don't. But I know a lot that's in here. And it has changed our lives. So how do we keep from being deceived? The love of the truth. The love of the truth. I would say this. The number one thing that we have to be careful of is what are you hearing? What are you hearing? What do you give your attention to? Jesus said this in Mark chapter 4 verse 24. He said this, take care about what you hear. The measure you use to the measure you will receive. And more will be added to you. If you get 85% of your information from the world, what's going to come out? The world is coming out. He says, not only that, if you get 85% of your information from the world, he said, more will be given to you besides. It works good and bad. It works both ways. It works both ways. We want the good to operate, don't we? Yeah. And, and so what I'm pushing you to do is get in the Word of God. I, I mean, if you haven't been in the Word for a while, I, I suggest you read 1 John. Read 1 John. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Jesus says his words are spirit and their life. He said he is the bread of life. He says his words are living water. You have to feed your spirit. Because your spirit lives forever. 
There is no stopping the descent. And there is no stopping the ascent. That's really good news. That's really good news. And you have to take the time, you have to find the time to be by yourself in the Word of God. Uh, thank God I'm married to a godly woman who, who she and I, are. if you come to our house, we talk about God all day long. And we could never exhaust that great relationship. I remember a time when we first started getting into the Word of God. My son was five years old. I think he was five. A little older than that. I don't know how old we were, but, you know, all we would do, we'd sit down and we'd just talk about the Word of God, talk about the Word of God, talk about the Word of God. And here he is on the other side of the table, and he said, God, 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 is it all this family ever talks about is God, God, God. <laughs> now his kids would probably say the exact same thing. <laughs> God, God, God. <laughs> What you focus and give your attention to what you hear is really important. Because your ears and your eyes go to your heart. Amen? It's not just... See, listen, it's, it's really easy to do, folks. You could get uh, your phone. Oh, my phone's in there. You can get your phone and, and hit uh, play, and you could listen to an entire book of the Bible while you're doing other stuff. Because it's incorruptible seed, guess what? It's coming in. It's coming in. It's coming in. I used to listen to it while I was sleeping at night. Hit it. And here's my thought. It's incorruptible seed. I'm not in the way to stop it. <laughs> I'm sleeping. <laughs> So it's going to penetrate my heart because I want that good seed to manifest in my life. I want the fruit of righteousness to abound in my life. Amen? Who's going to give me more time? Five minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 30. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we know we're going to get close to being done but I, you're getting the gist of this aren't you it, it's, it's only your responsibility our responsibility is to lay a table out before you to feast on God's word what you do with it is all on you This is why the number two thing here, I have seven of them. We're not getting to Yeah, yeah, yeah. You try to do this. Come on. <laughs> you get filled with the Word of God and you want to go in every direction that you can. You know why? Because here's the pastor's heart. I want to stuff, Pastor Mamie and I want to stuff everything we know in your head in about a half hour. Here's a piece of steak. Just eat it. <laughs> because we love you. 
It's because we love you and we know what the word of God has done in our lives. It's completely changed us. I have an eternal perspective where I didn't before. I know what my future holds. And it's good. It's good. And so what I'm going to do on this time that I have here is enforce the victory that Jesus bought and paid for. We say the gospel is free. It is to us. But it costs Jesus everything. There was no picnic for him. And we'll never know what he experienced. But we have to be people of the word. I don't mean just no information. Because when you're reading the word, this is a person. This is Jesus Christ himself. What I used to do when I'd study, I'd bring up an extra chair at the table where I was sitting. And I'd say, Jesus, here's where you, please sit down and teach me. And I'd just read. Did anything happen? I don't know. It helped me. I, I just become more aware of his presence. I was acting like he was there. By faith, I'm believing that he's teaching me. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So uh, obviously, if I'm, my faith is there operating, believing he's teaching me, guess what he's doing? He's teaching me. Glory to God. Christianity is so spiritual. We have made it, not we, but a lot of people have made it into a ritual. I mean, I grew up in a church, it was a ritual. I didn't even hear about being born again. But praise God, he, he loves me so much, he's, he brought people in front of me so that I could I can understand the gospel. And I got saved. We need to take the time to sit at his feet. Do you know what I mean by that? I, don't, I mean, I'm not... This is where in your imagination, you must. You must. Being deceived is dangerous. This is why this, this life group is so important. Offense. If you haven't shown, uh, come to one of those, please sign up. Please sign up. It's not just knowing biblical facts. It's knowing the person, Jesus. It's knowing his spirit. The Holy Spirit himself has a personality. And he wants you to know him. He wants you to know this is personal. And it's real. It's real. I got one more thing here, then I'm going to close out. You guys want to come up, praise and worship team. This next thing is important. Number three is you have to be committed to a body of believers, fellow believers. You know, and the reason I say that is because if you're deceived and you're coming into a body of believers that love you, they will help point out an error that you might be taking. Or you might be the one who's, hey, I, 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 I overheard you talking, and, you know, I have a couple scriptures that we could look out. Uh, 
maybe you're helping somebody else get out of a deception. Amen? The Bible declares we are the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. He says, if the hand says to the feet, I don't need you, I'm not part of the body, it's not going to work out. And how about your eyes? Oh, since I can't smell, I'm not part of the body. I like to say this. You got a liver? I've never seen my liver. <laughs> but I know one thing, I'm dead if, I don't, if it's not working. This is, this is real. We need each other. We need to be relying on each other. We need to hang on to one another. Because in the days future coming soon, we are going to be able to trust one another with our very lives. And we're going to need that more than you think. I'm sorry I didn't get through everything. And it's typical. <laughs> I want you to bow your heads. You know, we brought up something that's so important is to be people of the Word. And I'm asking you to judge yourself. Are you in the Word? Have you carved out time, alone time for yourself, to get to know Him, to understand Him, to fortify your spirit? If, if you haven't, you know, you need to make that right with Him. Ask him to help you. It's not pulling up your bootstraps and say, I'm going to do better. It's like, Lord God, you know me in this. I'm asking you to help me carve out time. Help me to be a wise steward of the time you've given to me. It's important. But like I said, this is we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. You cannot grow, I cannot grow properly without the rest of the body. So I'm encouraging you to get involved with church life. Get in law, involved with church life. Thank you men for putting the shed together. It looks great. I mean, that kind of fellowship right there is valuable. One other thing I want to do, there might be somebody here today that you haven't really given your life to Christ. And you know somewhere in your heart that time is running out it's running out and I'm saying right now today is the right day right moment to get your life right with Jesus for you to repent say I've done my own thing I've sinned against you in thought word and deed I have, I have rebelled against you Lord but I see that you're so gracious and you're so loving and you're so kind if I call on your name, you will save me. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Have your sins washed away, completely free from the penalty of sin. Because there is a penalty to it. Anyone at all? I see that hand. I see that hand. I want everybody to say this prayer. Say it out loud. Heavenly Father, 
I'm asking you for mercy. I'm asking you through your son, Jesus Christ, to save me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, Lord. I'm desperate for you. I give up my life. I give up rulership of my life. And I let you be the captain of my salvation. I worship you, Lord. From this day forward, help me to live for you and bring others into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah.